This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. G'day, my name is Andrew Lingley and I'm the online campus pastor here at LifeGate and it's great to be sharing with you today. I want to start with an encouragement for you today that if you apply what you hear today, I really believe that some years from now, you'll look back at this moment and say, this is where God started something very, very special in me. This is not an overstatement. This is the promise if you apply what we're going to talk about today. And so I want to start by telling you a story. And so I met this guy, I'll call him Steve. And Steve's a guy that I've connected with a number of times over the last 12 months. We'll message or we'll talk on the phone and he'll ask me to pray for him. And when we first connected, he told me that he goes to church. And so I've been talking to this guy. He'll call and text at different times of the day and ask me to pray for him. I go, sure. How can I pray for you? And usually when someone asks me to pray for them, they usually have a specific request in mind. Well, Steve had a grocery list. He said, well, can you pray for my relationship with my family? It's been really tough. Can you pray for my health? Can you pray for my purpose in life? And he continued until there are about 10 things that he wanted me to pray for. I took a note of as much of it as I could, but it felt like this was more of an ongoing conversation rather than a one-off prayer. And so I asked him a few questions before I prayed. I said, okay, Steve, you go to church. What church do you go to? He said, the one over here, I'm not really sure what it's called. I said, all right, well, do you know the pastor's name? I'd love to connect with him and figure out a way that we can support you going forwards. And he said, I don't really know what his name is. So I'm thinking, okay, is there someone at this church that can support Steve longer term? I asked him, well, are you in a life group? And he says, well, no. I said, when was the last time that you went to church? And he said, um, probably a few months ago. I've been really busy lately. And so I continued chatting with him and I prayed over all these different areas of his life. And then I told him something that I felt he needed to hear. Steve, Maybe you need to stop going to church. Sounds a bit controversial, right? And it's meant to be. You see, for Steve, church was a thing that he did every now and again. He wasn't committed to a community of believers. He didn't have people speaking into his life. He didn't have anyone keeping him accountable. And he didn't have deep relationships with people where he knew them and allowed them to know him. For Steve, church was the thing he did with the hope that God would do something in his life every now and again. But this, friends, is not how God wants us to be. And so today, my message is called this, stop going to church and rather be the church. See, going to church is about the building 
It's about the stained glass windows and the cross on the wall and all of that. It's about ticking off a checklist every week. It's a one hour every now and again where you hope God will speak. It's about what you can get out of it. And it's about hiding from others and just spending time you and God. You hide in the corner, you leave straight away, and you don't allow others to get to know you. Whereas being the church is not about buildings because God's church is his people who happen to gather in buildings. It's about being the person that God wants you to be, where you gather with people for the purpose, not of what you can get, but to encourage others, where you add value to the group of people, where you commit to a community and pursue God together in that community and grow in your faith and help others to grow with you. You see, some see going to church like going to the movies. I go to a show, I go to a football game, I go to church. It's about what you get out of it. It's a one-way transaction and entertainment. But God's church was never supposed to be like that. You see, God's church is much more than that. God's church is about helping people live a life in community, loving God and loving people. It's about helping others live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for their lives. It's about giving and serving and encouraging. And as you do, you will grow and be blessed. And so I want us to look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 today. And this passage gives us an idea of what it's like to be the church in the first century. Now, what's just happened before this story is that the believers were gathered and waiting for a move of God to happen. And then at Pentecost, they receive the Holy Spirit and go out and the crowds see miraculous signs and wonders. And this is how the church is described as we read it. And I want you to see the emphasis on community and being deeply committed to each other. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we've read through that once, but now I want to go through and I want to unpack what's in that passage. So it starts by saying this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And I want you to notice the intentionality of the people. They had deep relationships with God and with others. And then it says this, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. See, once again, it's about deep relationships where they know one another, where they allow others to get to know them. 
Then it says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Once again, this is deep care and concern for each other. And I wonder if you were sitting in church next to someone right now, do you know their concerns? Do you know what's going on for them, what they need in their life right now? Because this is what the early church was like. They had deep care and concern for one another. And then it says this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, as they lived the life that God had for them, the church continued to grow because the church can't grow If it's about what we can get out of it, the church grows when it's about what we can add to others. You see, this is God's vision for us, not to go to church, but to be the church, to be deeply committed to each other, to reflect hope in the world and to continue to meet and grow into the people that he wants us to be. And so now I want to explore the benefits of being versus the signs of going. And so I want to read from Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14. It says this, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. You see, we don't know exactly when this psalm was written, but it's widely believed that it was written by David approximately 1056 BC. And this psalm was written to celebrate the Sabbath or the Jewish day of rest. It's written to the Jewish people of Israel and the reference to the house of the Lord is talking about the temple where the Jewish people met with God. Now, because of what Jesus has done, we don't need a temple. God has made us into his temple. His people are the physical representation of his presence. Wherever his people are gathered, his presence dwells amongst us. So when we talk about this, when we talk about the house of the Lord today, we're talking about a gathering of believers. When we talk about the righteous, we're talking about those in right relationship with God who have made a decision to follow him. So at the start, it talks about this word flourish. And that's not exactly a word that we use very commonly today. And so what does the word flourish mean in this context? Simply put, it means thriving. It means growing. It means having spiritual growth. It means literally that when you are righteous, you are firmly planted in being God's church rather than going to church, that you are thriving. And it talks about the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon. And the cedar tree was known for its durability and being pleasant to look at. And we're compared here to a cedar and palm that is strong and lasting and victorious. You see, cedars lived for about 350 years and they were in the uh, court of the temple and the palms for about 100 years. 
And I want you to imagine someone asking you how you're going. Now, for me, this is a question that I get asked on a daily basis. Hey, Andrew, how are you going? And I want you to imagine that this was your answer. I'm flourishing. I'm growing. I'm blessed. I'm strong. I'm stable. There's life and there's strength and there's victory and there's fruit. You see, the Bible doesn't say those that go to church will flourish. It says those that are planted in the house of the Lord. And so I wonder whether you would use that language about yourself. You see, here's the difference that goes, that someone that goes to church versus someone that is planted in church. So the first one is this. Someone that goes to church is spiritually dry. And that may not be the case at the beginning, but eventually it's going to get to a point where they're coming only every now and again, and eventually they're going to be running spiritually dry because they're not having that constant source of spiritual input by God. Whereas when you are being planted, you are spiritually flourishing because you are constantly being renewed in your spirit by God and he is helping you to continue to grow in your spiritual life. When you're going to church, you're going to feel emotionally withering because you're not connected to people. They don't know what's going on for you. Your emotional needs aren't being met. Whereas when you're planted, you're going to be emotionally thriving. Your needs are being met. People care for you. They have concern for you. They're praying for you. They're encouraging you. And so emotionally, you're going to be thriving. The next one is this, relationally barren. You see, when you go to church and you head straight out after the service and you're not getting to know people, you're not allowing others to get to know you, eventually you're going to feel relationally barren that you don't have anyone to support you when times are tough. But when you're planted, you're connected relationally because it's not just about saying g'day on a Sunday. It's about doing life every day with God and others and being connected in relationship with God and others. The next one is this, financially tight. See, when you're going to church and you have the mindset of what can I get, suddenly your finances become tight because you're not, you're not there wanting to bless and to give to others. Whereas when you're planted, suddenly your focus becomes, how can I be a blessing to others? How can I give generously to others? How can I help others to be all that God wants them to be? And so I wonder if you looked at these two, which category would you put yourself in? Would you say that I'm going to church? Maybe you're feeling spiritually dry. Maybe you're emotionally withering. Maybe you're relationally barren. Maybe you're financially tight. Or are you being planted? Are you spiritually flourishing? Are you emotionally thriving? Are you connected relationally? And are you being a blessing to others? You see, instead of saying I'm fulfilled spiritually, making a difference, full of joy, would you say that you're searching for, reaching for, longing for, hoping for that thing, that something, that relationship, that job, that whatever it is that I don't have that would fulfill what I'm missing on the inside? 
because I don't have these things in my life, I'm missing something. Would you say I go to church but I'm not thriving? See, God is clear here, those who are planted will thrive. And so I want you to imagine this, that your life is a seed. Your life is a seed. What does that mean? Well, a seed has tremendous potential to grow, to thrive, to multiply, to produce fruit, to be a blessing to others. But a seed that isn't planted has the potential to lie dormant, unproductive, unfruitful, and dissatisfied. A seed can only grow friends if it's planted. I hope you can see that going to church isn't the same as being planted. And there's a real difference even in the language those that go to church may talk like this. Hey, are we going to church today? I'm kind of tired. We're busy. We've had a big week. Hey, can we go to that restaurant we like instead? What are we going to do about the kids? Are we going to church? You see, when you're deeply planted, you won't say, are we going to church? Because church isn't somewhere you go or attend. The church is a posture. It's who you are. It's who we choose to be. You see, we don't ask questions every day. Am I going to breathe today? Am I going to eat today? Am I going to wake up today? We don't ask questions like that. We breathe, we eat, we drink, we wake up. It's something that we are. And so it's the same idea here. The church isn't somewhere we go, but it's who we are and it's who we are being. So now what steps can you take to be planted and to be the church? Well, the first is this, be a follower of Jesus. Makes sense, right? How can you be the church of Jesus without being a follower of Jesus? The second is this, to be committed to people. So this means whether you're online, whether you're in person, stick around and talk to people, get to know them. Allow them to get to know you. Ask them what's going on for them at the moment. Be concerned about what's concerning them. Be committed to people. The third is this, be in a life group. Now, our life groups, like the early church, are designed so that we can grow in our faith and be encouraged and so that we can encourage others to grow. And so there's options for this online. There's options for this in person. And so I encourage you, be in a life group. And don't just go thinking, what can I get out of this? But go thinking, how can I encourage others? The fourth is this, be generous and bless others. And now I'm involved in our youth ministry, in our young adults ministry, and I want to say that God is doing incredible things in the lives of young people in this church. We are providing a safe place 
where kids can feel loved, where they can feel valued, and where they can explore some of those questions they have about life and the Christian faith and be connected to God and be connected to others. But the reality is this, right? It doesn't just happen on its own. It requires the generosity of others to make it happen. And so think, how can I be generous and bless others? Now, a few months ago, we did our mission month as well, where we raised money for some of the things that we do around the world to bless others. One of those things is Transform Cambodia, which is aimed and designed at educating children in Cambodia so that they can have a hope and a future. And so there's many ways that you can get involved in being generous and blessing others within our church. And so I encourage you to be the church by being generous and blessing others. The fifth thing is this, be involved in making a difference. Now, God has made each of you uniquely with strengths, with gifts, with abilities, with passions, with desires. And so I encourage you to use those things to be involved in making a difference. Use the gifts that God has given you to make a difference in the lives of others. And so maybe you're passionate about kids or high schoolers. And so maybe you should think about being involved in kids ministry or youth ministry. Maybe uh, you have a passion for hospitality and making people feel valued. And so maybe you should consider being involved in that. Maybe your passion is praying for people. Maybe your passion is using technology to serve and love and value people. And so online church has some opportunities. Our production team has some opportunities so that you can be involved in making a difference. And so all of these steps, they can happen online or at a physical location. And so I encourage you right now, which step do you need to take? And I'm going to give you 30 seconds to just think and reflect and ask God, God, which step do I need to take? Take 30 seconds. Friends, imagine how different our life would look if we chose to be the church rather than go to church. From going from what you can get out of it to how can you add value to others. From being disconnected to connected with God and connected with others. From one hour a week to committed to growing with others. You see, God's plan is not for us to go to church, but to be the church. And the church is for all of us to be thriving as God has designed us to be. And so I encourage you to choose to be planted. And going back to these five things, the first step 
is to follow Jesus. That's the first step towards being the church, is following Jesus. And as we choose to follow Jesus, He transforms us and teaches us how to live more like Him as we grow and are committed to being a part of His family. And so today, if you've never made a choice to be a follower of Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. And so it's very easy. It's just a simple prayer to start this journey. And so if that's you, I encourage you to pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. I'm sorry for when I've chosen to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. And so I just want to say, if you've decided to make a decision, that is so exciting. And we want to support you on that journey. And so if you're online, you can click the request prayer button. If you're in person, go and talk to someone after the service. Get them to pray with you. And we want to support you as a church on that journey. And now... I want to pray for those who are struggling or going through the motions of just going to church, that by being planted, God would help you to thrive. And so I want to pray this prayer for you. Father, we don't just want to go through the motions of life. And so we pray that you would help us to stop going to church and instead be planted in your church so that we can thrive in the way you've designed us to be. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for LifeGate Church Online. We hope that you're encouraged by today. And if you need prayer, I encourage you to click the request prayer button. And we encourage you to join us on Wednesday night. Join our life group so that you can grow in your faith, so that you can be encouraged and so that you can be prayed for. And we'd love to see you there. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for checking out this message. My name is Andrew and I'm the online campus pastor at LifeGate. And I would like to invite you to join our online community. Here are three ways that you can take that step. First, if you're a new Christian, we have a bunch of resources to help you get started. Second, why don't you make the most of our online campus by joining our online group that meets on Zoom every Wednesday night at 8.15. Third, join our Facebook community to connect with others within our community and be more engaged in the day-to-day. To take any of those next steps, head to lifegate.org.au slash online. See you soon. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.